Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel uh, for another really great episode um, from Season Batman. Because um, we really like to make up shit on the show. So for this season, it's going to be called Batman, because that's just what we do. We're also joined today um, by, uh, by two gentlemen um, from a project called Rex. Um, their names are Stephen and Russell. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and have them introduce themselves uh, individually. Um, so, Stephen or Russell, whichever you want to go first, um, just go ahead and just give us a, uh, a detailed explanation on your like technical educational background and sort of how you ended up where you are right now in crypto today to be here. Sure. Um, I'll kick things off. Um, so, thanks, guys, for having us. Uh, my name is Stephen King. And... Uh, I graduated from the University of Denver uh, in 2009 with a dual degree in real estate and international business. And uh, shortly after I graduated, I got an opportunity to work uh, commercial real estate sales back on the East Coast. And uh, I don't know if you guys know, but 2009 was a lovely time to get into real estate. Um, it was, uh, I, I couldn't make a sale for a good nine months. And uh, I'd go out canvassing, and I'd have to get past the secretary to talk to the principal who makes the real estate decisions. And uh, it's the first time in my life that my name uh, started to pay some dividends. I, uh, I went out, and I, I bought a bunch of uh, Stephen King novels, and I'd walk in and, and slap down my business card and say, I'm Stephen King, and I'm here to sign a book for you. And if you let me do that, I'd like to go talk to the, the person that makes the real estate decisions. And and um it actually worked. It was kind of a, a little minor hack, but uh, I started making some sales and uh, fu funded some uh, some uh, sort of hobby real estate related technology companies. And um, around 2012, I teamed up with my old man, who's a uh, he's an architect and an engineer turned developer. And um, one of the first things I noticed, we were paying about ten thousand dollars for access to real estate information. So I, I built a, an application that would basically scrape the web and, and dump this information into a database that we built. And um, I was naive at the time because that violates a lot of end-user licensing agreements. So I, I couldn't get any good relevant data. So I, uh, I shut that down and sort of serendipitously around that time I came across uh, Vitalik's white paper and Ethereum and uh, started browsing through that and thought it would be a, a really great way to both decentralize and de-silo real estate information on a global scale and, uh, and also provide a lot of uh, efficiencies with, a re with real estate transactions. Uh, and I, uh, I met this ex-punk rocker, crypto enthusiast, genius of a guy, Russ, who's uh, from Sydney, and uh, him and I got together and the idea for Rex was born. Russell, do you want to go ahead and fill us in too? Tell us all about yeah. your rocker Australianness. 
<laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, so uh, I've been doing software development for probably, uh, you know, over 15 years now and uh, primarily uh, in the enterprise world, um, you know, doing that sort of stuff, uh, big data, um, all that usual corporate stuff. And uh, I, I stumbled across uh, Bitcoin around 2010, 2011, and uh, I, I remember turning to my colleague and saying, "What's this? What's this nonsense? Let's let's install it and try it out." And he, and and he said to me, "Oh, you're crazy!" And uh, and I remember loading it up and and um, and trying it out and thinking, "Actually, this might be crazy enough to work." And uh, and uh, I've sort of been hooked ever since. Uh, uh, I uh, slowly sort of been ramping up the amount of time I, I've been spending working on um, on crypto projects, and uh, it's been uh, I haven't looked back. It's it's been a fantastic uh, couple of years, and um, yeah. So during that time, I've I, I've uh, I've built a bunch of projects on Bitcoin, and uh, and then eventually moved on to uh, Ripple. And uh, and built a a, um, a handheld uh, a smartphone wallet for Ripple, and uh, and then I moved on to Next and built a, a bunch of really cool projects on Next. Um, and in fact, one of the first sort of um, custom tokens, uh, you know, what, this was before Ethereum was even up and running, and uh, and Next had some deficiencies that that you couldn't really work around and. Uh, Ethereum came along and it solved those deficiencies, and so I switched over to Ethereum and um, yeah, uh, met up with Stephen and and uh, we got talking real estate and uh, yeah, we um, came up with Rex. Well, it sounds to me like Stephen was a hustler, and <laughs> and it sounds to me like Russell just hoard himself out to every project he could until he found the one that stuck just right. And I love that. <laughs> I think that I think that's great because I you know I've been I've been in space and I've been in every nook and cranny uh, involved in the crypto so it's it's cool that you could you guys have had like a sort of very diverse background and it, and, it, and it's important coming into the space because there's like so much ambiguity uh, with uh, with the, where everything is going so I appreciate those introductions guys um, so let's just go ahead and sort of like move forward uh, and talk about um, the core of the project. I'll, I'll give a uh, I'll give a general synopsis, and Russ, feel free to jump in anytime. Um, yep. So our our mission became to uh, create a, a multi-layered real estate protocol that would connect uh, vendors, buyers, and sellers worldwide, while later later giving them the ability to transact. So, what does that mean? Well, it means that we <clears throat> we want to build a global crowdsourced real estate database that everyone has access to. And while we're doing this, we want to provide a medium where users can exchange their data with other users online and, and monetize that component. And then sort of the last part of it is we want to create the technical infrastructure where transactions can not only take place, but real estate ownership can be fractionalized. And so basically somebody could own a piece of the Transamerica building or a piece of the Chrysler building in New York, uh, much like they own a share of Apple stock and they would be able to trade it just as freely and it would add basically a lot of liquidity uh, to real estate. Uh, so a lot of people ask us, you know, why are you guys starting with the data? Transactions make so much more sense. 
And we had a lot of thoughts around this, but we really identified three reasons. The first was uh, logical. Every real estate transaction starts with data and information. Uh, the second was logistical. You have these multiple listing services that are dispersed around the world, and none of their systems are communicating with each other. So it's very regionalized, and exposure for the, the broker or the listee is quite limited. And then the third is technical. Ethereum is a young technology, and so we thought, look, it's, it's a better idea to test this technology with bits of data. So if something goes wrong, that's at least a recoverable event. Whereas if you put you know, a multi-million dollar asset or transaction on the chain and something goes wrong, you could have a real problem on your hands. So we, we said, okay, we're going we're gonna to start with the data. So the next thing that we did was we identified the types of users that we had. And specifically, we, we identified two. The first is the individual, so the, the broker or the mom and pop buyer or seller of real estate. And the second is the firm. And their pain points are a little bit different. Uh, for the individual, it can cost on the traditional multiple listing services in the U.S., and this is actually true globally, uh, anywhere from $35 to $1,000 per property to list. So that adds up if you're not a big firm. It, it really adds to your bottom line. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and the next point is that it, it, it really limits your exposure. So because like in the U.S., each state has at least one multiple listing service, so you join that multiple listing service – and you're only getting the exposure in that particular state and sometimes only in a very specific region. And um, so we're able to solve the cost component by decentralizing the data and, uh, and we're able to solve for the accessibility because anybody basically with a computer and an internet connection can come onto Rex and search the database. Um, so for the firm, it was a little bit different. Uh, it's really system interoperability and ownership of the data itself. So these these firms actually, they call themselves brokerage firms, and they are, but a, a lot of them make their money through uh, property management, and brokerage is sort of an ancillary business to them. So they, they're really interested in how can we make this transaction component in the real estate process more efficient, and We've got some some interesting ways to do that through the implementation of of smart contracts, and also their uh, the interoperability problem is you've got these franchises that have offices all over the world, and their own databases aren't even communicating with each other. So when we show them, look, you're going to have access not only to your own databases, but also all these other uh, firms that want to connect into this system. It's mm -hmm. it's quite appealing. It's quite appealing to those guys. So. Um, we, uh, we basically, the, the two key things that are, that are important to both the, the individual and the firm are, is the ownership of the data. And so for the individual, it's really, you know, something like Zillow, which is a little bit different from the traditional multiple listing services. It's more of a platform. However, Zillow, you can list something on Zillow and on your page, you can have, you know, your photo, your contact information, but you can also have three other brokers that are paying to be in that spot. So now you've got you know 25% chance of hitting a lead on your own listing page. And so for the firm, 
what they're doing is they're saying to these multiple listing services, look, we'll just give you our data and you guys just publish it and update it. And it's been problematic because the multiple listing services said, okay, great. But what they've done is they say, well, now we own this data and we're going to dictate how you can use it and how you guys can, you know, if you want to work with another, another uh, platform, we're going to make it very difficult to do that. And so yeah, I, it's, yeah, it, I just want to make a quick, just a quick injection here. Uh, I had a, one of my old roommates actually is like a, um, one of the senior like data engineer um, there at like Zillow. And like he, he always would come home and stress about like the complexities of like where it is they would source their data and how often they could actually like access it um, in order to like actually like update their database. And so they, he, so, you know, he was very, he's very uh, adamant about like how, um, like stringent, like those rules are and like how he wished that like there was a way to like, sort of like lift that data and like, let it be like more free. So I guess, so you, so you guys are like sort of looking to eliminate as many middlemen you can't, as many middlemen as you can from this process, um, as well as to like add additional efficiencies, like via smart contracts, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, 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 and the other thing I would add there is uh, uh, the exciting thing with with starting with the MLS is that it's something that the general public can can get involved with. You know, I, I know so many people that that are uh, you know loading up the real estate apps on their phones on a daily basis and and checking you know checking for properties and and what the prices are doing and stuff. So to you know potentially Rex can uh, can fill that. Uh, space as well, uh, and and introduce, you know, a crypto crypto based platform to the masses. Excellent, and I just wanted to make it just a quick injection here. Another one, uh, Matt Matt just stepped out, um, so he he, he left. Um, but but I wanted to um, uh, what I wanted him to ask about um, before he had left, and I'm sorry that he had to scoot out of here. Um, was in relation to you all's like fundraising. Um, so, so how are you all like planning um, as far as like an ICO structure? How are you all looking to, like raise funds in order to like continue to get this off the ground? Like, is the project as it stands? Like, is there already like a working like MVP, or is this still like a very? It just still exists as a white paper. Yeah, we uh, we've been working on this since it's been over. It's been about a year and a half now. We started January 2016, and uh, we actually we put together a uh, a proof of concept. Uh, by about August of last summer, and uh, what it lacked was it was fully functional, but it just lacked the the interface where a, a broker could interact with it without being boggled down with smart contract, not smart contracts, but virtual wallets and gas prices and obtaining ether. And uh, and so when we were out at DevCon, we were able to raise a, a seed, and um, and what we've been able to do over the last six seven months is create this great user interface. And uh, basically something that looks a lot like Zillow and users can interact with a lot like Zillow. And it's got two components. It's got sort of a crypto version where users that know how to obtain Ether and wallets and private keys can use it that way. And then it's got this subscription-based model, which is very low. And we, we charge basically just to cover uh, the gas costs. And so we can handle all the crypto stuff on the back end and the user can get all the benefits that are associated with decentralization and, and Ethereum. So we're, we're, uh, we're about, we're about probably about a month out from an alpha release that people can play around with. And then our, our goal is to get through alpha and beta and then have a, a soft launch in December of this year. Oh, got it. And, and, and so do you guys, do you guys plan on raising before then though? Correct. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we plan on doing our, 
our token sale in mid-July. Got it, got it. And so as far as like the overall like general structure of the ICO, and as far as sort of like the, the legal and regulatory work that comprises like going into that, um, like how much of an effort has been put into that for you all's project? Uh, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a. Uh, I'm sure Matt can contest. They those guys really. Uh, those guys got creative with their token sale. But yeah, recently we've been absorbed with the the token sale and and where to establish the entity. Uh, we're we're put we're put together an entity in the U.S. with the hopes that we would be able to uh, incorporate here and have basically a presence here and a presence in Sydney. But uh, it turns out that we would have a, a 45% tax consequence if we did that. So uh, we found we found uh, a better jurisdiction in uh, Switzerland, and uh, we're going through that process right now. We're setting up that entity, and then uh, in terms of the actual structure, that's it's changed a couple of times, and we haven't we haven't quite finalized it. But we're not reinventing the wheel. We're looking at a lot of the other successful token sales, and we're modeling based off of that. Got it. And, and, and in your opinion, what are some of the other like more successful token sales thus far? Uh, I thought I thought there's been some interesting. I mean, obviously, Gnosis was uh, was quite successful. Uh, Cosmos had had a very interesting approach with the with the uh, unidentified or hidden hard cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Uh, I'm looking forward to the projects that I'm, I'm looking forward to just because I've been chatting with some of the founders is, uh, is, uh, status and, um, in Oregon, actually, I'm looking forward to as well. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a couple of, uh, token sale or a couple of white papers, actually, they're going to be released in the next week or so. And they're more geared towards, uh, peer, peer to peer lending and, uh, which could go into mortgages, which we would like to do an integration at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Like, how, how do you th- think about like sort of the synergies from like interoperating with these other services? Got to kind of come out. That's that's one of our main objectives. So we really we don't want to do all of these different businesses. We want to do a few things and do them well. And so data and the transaction infrastructure is really what we're building. This engine and the applications. So you see that little MLS after Rex sometimes online. That's the application that sits on top of the engine. And then Rex T, Rex TX will be the another engine that sits on top of this transaction engine. But really, we want to promote other apps and integrate with them that can do, you know, mortgages, title, um, and other types of settlement services. We don't. We're not trying to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we'd rather build a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a open source community uh, sort of than than do it all ourselves for sure. Excellent. So, so let's 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 just like backpedal here a little bit. So, because you you made mention that you were like looking at some of these other companies that you've been talking to, like Status, uh, etc. So, so so what are some um, Ethereum related uh, companies that maybe you have already like personally invested in, or or, or maybe like you're you you just maybe want to just like speak on for a moment, and that maybe you're like interested in that project. I'd um. Uh, I'd uh, I really like the concept of Ripple uh, and the really the the, the actual Ripple project. Um, it that they've 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 made some uh, they've gone down a very specific route and uh, and I would like to see more variations of that concept um, experimented with 
And so there's a there's a couple of there's projects like Trust Lines uh, on the Ethereum network, which is aiming to um, replicate some of that sort of of some of those concepts. So I, I'd I'd really like to see Trust Lines uh, and some uh, forks and variations on that concept. Uh, that that's uh, that interests me. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I really like it's not Ethereum. Well, it sort of is with the baby Zoe. Yeah, I've been. Following Zcash, I, I like Zuko a lot. I, I don't know him personally. I've, I've had some interactions with him online, but uh, I, I like the project. I think that I've met him in person a couple of times, and he's been on the show. Uh, okay, yeah, that's he seems he's a very smart guy. I'm actually mining it. Uh, in my, he's in my as genuine barn. as he seems online as he is in real life. Awesome. Yeah, that's it's that's cool, man. Um, I, yeah, I think it's I think it's a great project, and uh, and we've actually gotten to know uh, Jack DeRose from Colony. And the guys from uh, Jack, uh, which they're they're uh, they're going to make some announcements soon. So they're doing uh, they're working on content licensing, which is pretty neat. And then uh, and also the guys from Ownage, they're doing sort of I guess I don't want to butcher it, but sort of content licensing for the gaming industry. Uh, so we've gotten to know those guys, the founders of those teams, and uh, and I know that they've got some announcements coming up, and they've got some cool technology and great teams. Excellent. So so. Uh, during this process, as you've been sort of like structuring your ICO and, you know, sort of figuring out uh, the overall scope of what you want for like your alpha project, uh, excuse me, your alpha launch of your project, um, what are some things that you've learned that have like really like stuck with you along the way, like during this process that you think that if I'm another developer looking to launch a project that I should probably know going into this? Um it's important to always, you know, derive a lesson learned during during this process. So I'm curious if you guys have any. I, I think uh, what, what, what one of the big things is uh, it's very easy, especially in the crypto space. It's very easy to get distracted by the drama. There's there's nonstop drama in the in the crypto world, and uh, it, it can consume a lot of your time. So it's it's very important to uh, to uh, kind of keep your head down and. Uh, and focus on the on the task you know there's uh there's a, and there's a lot of a lot of really cool and interesting projects that go on as well so uh yeah keep focused is probably the, the main the main lesson yeah i would say i would say too uh ask a lot of questions so it's it seems like to me I, i'm not i don't have a development background and so uh it's been i've been doing been following this stuff since 2013 so i've been lucky by sort of learning as we as we especially as we build rex but i've learned that you know if you reach out to a lot of people especially a lot of the guys that are you know doing pretty well and they're at the top they respond and they they want to help everybody else out i mean the community has been great and actually steven you're a testament to this you know i reached out to you and you're like hey man let's let's have a conversation um <laughs> so so i i really yeah, I really like that aspect, and I think that's really important. And I would just, you know, suggest to other people that are getting into it, ask questions and reach out to people that are building things, and and go to meetups. I mean, in meetups, even you'll have a presenter get up there and talk about a project, and somebody from the audience will ask a question, and and the the guy that's presenting will say, "Well, actually, I don't know the answer to that." Anybody in the audience? And then you'll have like four other guys in the audience, and it turns into this great like conversation, you know that. It's just you get all this value from. So that that would be my main suggestion. 
Yep. Ask questions. That's good. No, that's very mm -hmm. good. And, and in crypto, I would argue there really are no dumb questions because shit's really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> hard, man. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, ch and changes every hour. Yeah, <laughs> literally every yeah, literally every hour. So like, I mean, like, don't you know, humble yourself and just like approach people. And like, there's so many subject matter experts that are just specialists in such a like a very specific thing in this space. So. Yeah, just go to people, and if you feel like they have the question, the worst thing they can do is either not respond or just say no. You know, and you know, best case scenario, you learn something. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so great. So so uh, aside from that, do you guys have any other advice that you would want to leave? Um, maybe the audience or, or any anything that uh, uh, they should take note of in regards to the project moving forward. Uh, just that we're we're going to be making some announcements over the next month uh, in terms of the the token sale and the alpha release, and uh, we're really looking forward to getting community feedback. It, it's been very important to us to produce a product before the token sale, so people can see that hey, all right, these guys really you know they've been plugging around for for a while now, and uh, and they built something, and it, it's would love to just get feedback before that before we do our token sale. So uh, that's all I would say. Yeah, and and, and, if, and if someone wanted to give you guys feedback, what are some of the best ways to get involved uh, in, in the Rex community? Uh, you can go to rexmls.com, and it's got our Slack, it's got our email, and uh, it's got our Twitter. Feel free to reach out anytime. Yeah, Excellent. we're on Gitter. Yeah, heaps of ways to contact. Awesome, awesome. And in regards to uh, information to you guys' crowd sale, you said that would like probably come in July. Uh, is there a place where uh, individuals can either sign up to get more information about that? Yep, at uh, rexmls.com. Just uh, put in your email, and uh, we'll send out. We're, we've been sending out announcements probably biweekly, so uh, you'll be able to stay up to date that way. All right, excellent. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I guess before we scoot out of here, was there is there anything else that you guys wanted to discuss or bring up, and either in relation to Ethereum or the space as a whole? Just that. We're having a blast. This is, you know, it's a great time. It's a great time to be in crypto. It is. We're all having a lot of fun. I mean, I mean, are you guys are you guys like habitually checking prices too, or is that are you have you guys matured past that yet? Where are you guys at in the process? Oh, yeah, you you always keep your eye on the price, but uh, no, yeah, checking the um, checking Reddit and stuff, and keeping yeah, you got to keep involved, uh, staying involved with the community for sure. Stephen, awesome. let me ask you, what what, pro what projects are you watching? Ooh, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I see. I'm really, I'm really picky uh, when it comes to um, ICOs and tokens. Um, the last token sale that I really, really kept an eye close on was Gnosis, and it's only specifically because you know I was like really close to the project, and I knew the developers were super, super legit. Um, and like when I have individuals on my show, that's usually a really good possibility. I'm entertaining the idea of that project in some way, shape or form. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at Rex, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at a, a lot of things in the pipeline. I, I plan on in, in the future, um, you know, possibly like writing out like articles and like get, get, uh, like have a timeline or like a calendar of like projects for people to keep their eye on. And we're sort of like dancing around on the best way to like do that for the community. So, so, so more on that soon, actually. Uh, I don't want to call anyone out in particularly because, um, I don't want to pump the price of anything, incidentally, by accident. So let's. <laughs> maybe I was planning on buying something. I don't want to call it out yet. Let's just wait till I tweet about it or write about it. <laughs> and then we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's great. 
screw me up, man. I gotta get in my longs first. All right, like don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, 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 thanks, thanks for thanks for coming on the show, guys, and chatting with us. And uh, once um, you guys' Alpha project is out there, and I've had a chance to tinker with it, and your crowd sale is rolling, and you guys raise, like, come back on the show and, and fill us in on what you guys plan to do next. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks, gentlemen. You guys have a great night, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks Sounds for having good. us. Bye. This episode of Block Channel was brought to you by Zcash. Zcash is a public blockchain with security and privacy at the center of its mission. Zcash utilizes cutting-edge zero-knowledge proofs to enable real cash-like privacy for your internet-related transactions. Zcash believes privacy can be compatible with social values and with good regulation and law enforcement. They wish to use their science-driven approach to ensure a privacy-first future when building next-generation applications atop of a public blockchain. Zcash has strong governance with checks and balances to ensure its long-term growth. Possessing both an open, inclusive, strong community, thanks to the Zcash company, with founder CEO Duco Wilcox at the helm, and Zcash Foundation, boasting members like Naval Ravikant from AngelList. Zcash provides another robust vision for bringing private payments to the internet. To learn more, check out the links in the show notes description below. Bottom, which is actually borrowed from Tony Morrison's The Bottom of Heaven. And we were up in the hills, very, very high up. And then I got with my homie geek um off marijuana and just started losing all control of perception and physical reality and i got as high as i always told my high school homie edison that i i was afraid to get he probably be laughing his ass off if he was listening to this right now but long story short i just think it was by the power of love that i got back to 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 reality like on some matthew mcconaughey interstellar shit like it was love